Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. Oh, welcome, 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 welcome. Y'all grab a seat, cop a squat, grab a blanket, sit right here on one of these steps. <laughs> Let's talk for a minute. Grab you some tea, some hot chocolate. It's a little cold up here. I don't know where y'all at, but up here, it's cold. I live in the mountains. And it's raining. Ah, but in the back porch, Conjure, it's always a sunny morning. Nice breeze. I want y'all to relax for a bit. We got a conversation this morning. Ah, <laughs> first of all, welcome. This is E5 Bayo to the back porch, Conjure. Welcome. Secondly, Yesterday, I, I made a post because someone from Detroit called my daughter and said, hey, we were told to call you because uh, Emily is dead. She died last night. So my daughter calls me because Emily is my goddaughter, my spiritual goddaughter. So, before I get to finish, let me tell you a little something about, I call her E. I was working at the Botanica when I first met E. I was, uh, and all this goes together. So, I want you to catch up if I'm going too fast. And if you're going too fast, slow it down. So, I was working at the Botanica in Queens. And E would come in there. Now, this is the first time I ever saw her. As the lady said, she's always in there. E is very aggressive. E is street, what we would call street, right? Uh, when she talks, she talks with her hands. She's always cursing, like, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Da, da, da. So if you're not used to that, you're going to get intimidated. You're going to get scared. You're going to go through a lot, right? So it was my first time ever seeing E that day. But the ladies that worked there, they were a little older. They wasn't from the streets or nothing like that. You know, they were home, did their little magic stuff, and they were home, you know, or go to family functions. But they didn't have nothing to do with derelicts, you know, the street people, the hood people. And I still think that's why Larry hired me, because I was ghetto as hell when I first started. I ain't going to lie. So he walked in. She was talking to the lady Josie. Yeah, I use names. Um... And she was like, you know, they get ready to get me to go to fucking jail. I need some help. Like, who the fuck can help me? And Josie was scared. Miss Lucy and I ran downstairs, right? Amy didn't want That was the other reader. She didn't want to have shit to do with her because he looked like if it did not work, she was coming back there to beat the shit out of you. That's how he was. So, young girl, right? She spoke Spanish and English, so they couldn't talk about her. That was the one key, because one day, when I, I assume, right, because this was a story, one day they came in, he was talking, she was with these black dudes, I worked in the racist botanical, let me just let y'all know that, she was talking, to, she was with these black dudes, and they were talking, and he was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying, because I need a candle that's going to open up the roads, that's going to bring us money, ma, and they started talking about her in Spanish, and they were like, you know, here's these fucking Medanos, but, you know, black people. Um, and they are uh, disrespectful. Sell them anything and get them out. Well, baby, 
wrong conversation to have. E went in. She started talking blah, 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 and went the fuck off. So that was one thing. And she told him, she said, I'll come back in here and burn this place the fuck down. You want to play with me? Like, so she went in. And, you know, at the end of the day, they couldn't block her because she would come in and drop cash. See, that was another thing. She would come in there and drop cash. But they didn't know how to talk to her. They didn't know, you know, they couldn't understand her. So anyway, I started working there. I was in the back. I was putting up candles because whenever I didn't have a reading, I would, you know, work out in the store. I was the only reader that would work behind the register as well, right? So that pissed them off. Oh, readers can't work. Mom, I got experience. Uh, retail experience, all of that. I know how to sell a pint of fucking ice to Eskimos. Don't play with me, right? So, and Larry didn't. Larry wanted me to work like the store because he was like, "Yo, you be selling, okay?" So, they got shut down with that. They, that's why a lot of them were mad. So anyway, and I was dressing candles and talking to people, you know, and they would be pissed the fuck off. So when E got in there, Josie walked to me. She was like, it's this lady, this the setup, right? It's this lady. She needs help. Um, maybe you can help her. I'm going to tell her to go to you. Now, at first, I was like, oh, okay, finally, they're, they're treating me like a human being, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm having a nice day. Here E come. They over in the corner watching. They just knew I was going to fail. They just knew that E would curse me out like E cursed them out. So E walks up to me. She was like, yo, you know, I don't don't know too much about this spiritual shit, but I'm going through something. I said, okay, mama, talk to me. Right? So I'm standing there. Then I grabbed the seat and I'm sitting. I'm sitting like, you know, a nigga. I'm listening. Right? And she was like, you know, E was going through a court case. She was a call girl when she first started, and she was working for this person. He wasn't ugly. He was very beautiful. Still is to this day. Nice size. Beautiful. Uh, she had features like Brigitte Nielsen, right? So she was very beautiful, and she had cut her hair. So she even looked more like she looked at exotic, right? And back then, uh, we're talking six years ago, in the city, those white dudes loved that shit. You know, the exotic female. And she had bleached her hair. So she she looked at real exotic. The eyes, everything. And then she spoke a different language. So, you know, she she was one of the top. They just had to, you know, make sure they hold her tight. Because when she started speaking, you already knew she was ghetto as fuck. So, long story short, she went to uh, this spot with these high-paying white dudes, right? They were in college. Their parents had money, and they tried to rape her. So he stabbed one and cut the other one up. (laughs) Fuck with a ghetto chick, right? So they were pressing charges, and they were going to arrest her. And she's like, yo, they got money. I don't have money. Like, you know, but they shouldn't have raped me. They shouldn't have tried to rape me. They didn't rape her. They tried to. So... She was like, who's going to believe me? But I know my spirits is going to take care of it. The one thing she did have is faith. Now, let me give y'all a side note. Y'all think those people out in the street, the drug dealers, the pimps, the prostitutes, y'all think they don't have faith. Their faith is much stronger than y'all. That's why I love them. Their belief, their faith is so fucking strong. They can't rely 
small reminder. They can't rely on people because society already deemed them as unhelpful, unhelpful, unmanageable, rude, fucking derelicts. Oh, they're going to rob us. Oh, they're going to kill us. Y'all already cast them out. So they don't have no other choice but to believe in their spirits, their ancestors, and their Risha. A few of them practice voodoo. A lot of them practice 21 division. But y'all don't see them as people. Y'all see them as someone that's out to hurt y'all or bring the property down. They got to make money just like you. And you know what's so funny? And it's not funny, but it's a fact. All these beautiful neighborhoods and all that, y'all all suffering. Y'all all bugging out. But let me tell you who's going to survive. Charlemagne the God, when he said that shit, I said, yo, he ain't never lie. Through the whole COVID, ain't nobody in the hood or, or the motherfucking ghetto. Is, is missing out. They having barbecues. They still party. They still do all that. Guess why? Because they got faith. They believe. Yeah, they believe in social distance. Don't get it twisted. Enough people done died. I done lost like 15 people in the process of this whole shit. One child. One child that I know that passed. So don't get it twisted. But guess what? They're going to protect you. They're going to keep it honest. They out there in the streets. See, like I tell people, in the court system, and all y'all pretty neighborhoods, justice is blind. But out in the street, that bitch got eyes. She see everything. So don't get it twisted. Anyway, so they assumed that E was going to curse me out, you know, go crazy. So I said, listen, Ma, you know what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying, but, yo, you need this reading. So you either can go into them or you can get a reading from me and we can we can see. Uh, I'm not going to make you buy all this shit if you don't need it. So let's let's see. You, if you're ready, let's rock and roll. If not, you know, maybe one of those ladies can help you. He walked away, came back. She said, I got my ticket. Come on, let's go read. They were standing in the corner, Lucy, Josie, and fucking Maria. And they were shocked. Because they soon that they assumed that he was going to curse me out or he was going to, you know, bug out or I was going to be intimidated. Listen, my mother taught me a long time ago. Fear is forced energy appearing real. You make it real. You put your leg, you put your pants leg on one leg at a time, just like my happy ass. Listen, I keep telling y'all, you want to impress me, levitate a fucking car or jump up in the fucking air and stay there. That will impressing me other than that you just like me so she came downstairs she did the reading and at that moment i didn't see e i saw my daughter Didi. i looked at her i said yo <laughs> you remind me of my daughter so fucking much it's scary because my daughter was just like e i said you gotta meet her eve looked at me she said how you know she gonna like me I said, not sexual, cookie. She was like, no, no. I said, I'm telling you. Y'all are going to be best friends. Every other day, E would come by that shop. She'd be like, yo, where my mom at? And they were angry. Angry. They were angry. So one year, I was planning on quitting the Botanica. I couldn't take it no more. It was either I beat these old ladies up or I walk away. They were old. I would, I would serve time in prison. So I was coming there to, in my mind. I was coming there to pack up, right? Because I was telling Didi, listen, I'm going to send, you know, these boxes down there. Or y'all come down there and get it and hold it until I come, you know, to get them. She was like, all right, ma. 
So, for some strange reason, E was out there waiting. There was another lady waiting with her. E said she had a knife because, you know, this lady was walking back and forth saying my name. So, E like, yo, she do something, you know, we gonna bring it. So, I get there, and E come downstairs, you know, back then I drank coffee. E had my coffee. And, um... The lady came downstairs. So I'm packing. He said, yo, what you doing? I said, I'm leaving. She said, why are you leaving? I said, nah, you know, I'm I'm done with this, right? So the lady comes downstairs. She was like, yo, I, I want to do a reading. I said, well, I'm not reading today. And anyway, I tell you no lie, I can't make this shit up. I said, anyway, I can't read you. You got too many spirits with you. I said, if you know, I don't know who you is, ma'am, but you got too many spirits with you. So go upstairs, tell me to give you your money back because I'm not reading she go upstairs, she comes back, she was get halfway up the stairs. She turns around, she said no. She called her friend, they come down. So E is telling me, yo, that's the lady that was outside pacing back and forth saying your name. You don't know her? I said, no, I never met this chick in my life. So the other lady comes down. She said, you Donna? I said, yeah. Now you calling me about my government. I said, excuse me though, how do I know you? The lady is talking in Creole. She said, you're right, you don't know us, but the spirit knows you. She said, excuse me? She said, you got some rum? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, you know, y'all can keep it. Because I don't know what I'm at. You know, but I don't drink rum. So I was like, here. She was like, you got a cigar? I said, yeah, you need a light too? You want me to smoke it? So I'm laughing, right? So they do it. Now, we could, in this botanical, you can light cigars, candles, all that. You just got to make sure you put it out. So she's doing it. She's spraying the rum on the lady. The lady's sitting there rocking back and forth. Uh -huh. So me and E is standing there. Like, E had her knife in her hand. <laughs> so the lady comes and she starts speaking. And the other lady is translating. So I'm like, in my head, right? In my head, not even gonna lie. I said, this bitch could be doing anything or sitting here reciting the Bible. I don't know what she's saying. And she could be just saying anything. Until she said, she said, yo, you not leaving here. I said, excuse me. Now, mind you, the door was closed, so they didn't see us packing. Then I opened the door. Like, okay, let me see. She said, now, let me let you in on this part. The day before, I went with Didi, Lakia, and Lakia's two children, Jelly and Chocolate, to Mia. We went to Coney Island. I was bleeding. So I told Didi, I said, take these pears to the ocean. And before I handed it to him, I prayed over the pears. And I prayed. I said, Yemaya, I'm dead serious. I, I can't even make this up. I said, Yemaya, I don't know why you have me in there. But if I stay, I'm going to wind up hitting one of these ladies. And I'll be in jail. And I don't think y'all want me to be in jail. Y'all bring these people to me and everything. And I, I got to leave. And I'm hurt because I really thought I was helping people. But if I'm meant to stay, let me know. Send me a sign. First fuck up I ever did in my life. Right? And trust me, I don't do that no more. Now that was that day. The day before. Dee Dee went down to the ocean. Left the piers in seven, uh, seven cents. A nickel and two pennies. And we was walking all around Coney Island and stuff. I don't even know why I did. Well, I was bleeding, so I didn't go in the ocean, right? I didn't even step on the sand. I stayed on the boardwalk. 
Her and Tamia went down there and did that, and they came back. And we were, like, all over Coney Island that night. And it was. It was like a dream because we saw uh, this lady was reading cards. And, my, you know, Lakia goes, oh, auntie, do that too. She the devil. And the lady was like, you a reader? And I was like, no, nah, I'm just here. And she was standing there. And she was like, oh, you got a message. I told her a message. And Kia was like, ain't that some shit? A real reader comes and read the fake reader. And I was sitting there like, shut up. And the lady did. She was like, you know, you're always welcome to come back. Nah, that's okay. You know, I, I couldn't see myself doing that. So the next day I go to the Botanica to go to work. Really not to work, to pack up because I was leaving. I was going to uh, Charlotteville, I mean, Columbia, South Carolina. That's where I was moving to. So... <laughs> The lady is sitting there, and she's telling me this. And he is standing next to me. And she's like, yo, ma. She said, you went to the ocean, and you think you leaving? She said, nobody up there or down here will move you. She said, I will keep you away from here because these walls are changing. And I'll break that down to you. She said, these walls are changing. So you won't be able to come here. But I bring you here. You're not leaving until it's my time to say you're leaving. So the girl Yolanda came downstairs. And she said, oh, you give away Ogun all day, every day. She said, you give him away. She said, but not once do you do anything for him. She said, Ogun is going to show you who he is. So Yolanda's like, no. Oh, my gosh. She said, no. No, no, no. He's going to show you who he is. <laughs> so Yolanda went upstairs scared. Oh, I got to find Ogun's statue. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even pay attention to that. She said, I brung you here. I'm the only one that's going to remove you. So then she was sitting on the chair. I don't know why he grabbed the Florida water and started rubbing down this lady's legs. I don't know why. And he was crying. And the lady took her hand and rubbed E's head. I remember that shit. And she told E. But the lady's translating. Because this lady is speaking Creole. She said, you will not spend a day in prison. And those men that tried to hurt you will suffer. She said, because your heart is pure. Your heart. She said, I see your heart. That's what the lady was saying, but the other lady was speaking in Creole. And he's just rubbing her legs, rubbing her legs, because it was like she couldn't move, right? So she's sitting in the chair, and she's rocking back and forth. And I was like, wow, that's, that's beautiful. And the lady left. Now, one was, I was wanting to leave, and so that right there was amazing to me. Right? Even that day, my faith grew strong because no one knew I was leaving. And only Didi, Tamia, Lakia, and Jelly knew what I did at the ocean that day. Nobody else. Secondly, the botanical was moving. They used to be on one side. They was moving across the street in Unique Small. And when I tell you for that month that they were packing up and moving, every time I tried to come, to New York. I couldn't come. 
my father got sicker or I didn't have no money. I couldn't get a reading, but I had money for my bills and stuff. I just couldn't get a reading. The bus was full. It was always something. So I could not get it. But the day when Yolanda called me and said, oh, we moved in. We packed up. We did all that. Somebody sent me money. I came and read and did all of that and came back home. <laughs> but they said I wouldn't. And it was crazy because as they were transitioning, she did say that everybody wasn't going. And uh, their young brother died. He didn't make it to go over there. He died. I did see him, though, before he passed. I saw him in Staten Island. Um, Joe. Joe. He had a great love for Oya. I, to this day, I don't know if he was crowned, but I know he had a great love for Oya. And um, he um, he didn't make it. He did not make it to go over there. He passed away. Um, he was. He was going to court. Nobody didn't know. We ain't never see these ladies. So at least I know I didn't. And he didn't. She didn't serve a day in jail. When the when the paperwork and everything came, wasn't nothing there. <laughs> wasn't nothing there. He didn't go to jail at all. He lived her life. She does have a good heart. That's the one thing. But he has this thing that when you correct her, she thinks she has to go battle to battle with you. I, listen, her and Didi are the same. So anyway, one day, he got on my nerves, and I cursed her ass out and told her, I will punch you the fuck out. So we walked away from each other. Still my goddaughter, still love her. Her and Didi is always going to be friends. I told them they are so much alike. But now that they're growing, you know, and becoming adults, the friendship is still there. And Didi do see her as her sister. Like, it's, to them, I got five, six kids. Tasha, E, you know. So, E will, E will hold a grudge. Like me. That's the one thing I would give her. But she'll, something go wrong, she'll be there, front and center. Um, But when I saw her something, I nodded. Told her I love her, and I kept on going. So when her and Didi got, you know, rekindled, or they always find each other. So she ain't dead. Didi, you know, we called down there and everything, and she wound up calling Didi back. And she living. She okay. That's why I took the post down. Didi was like, Ma, she good, you know. Uh, eventually, Didi will find her way up here to see Didi. It's, the role of a godparent is also to correct them. No, I'm not physically her mother. One is, I don't care who you are, you're not going to disrespect me on no level. Secondly, yeah, I see your potential. I see the growth. I see all of that. And I want you to do better. You know, I want you to be more than me. I, I want you to finish where I left off. But E has this this thing where E has to, it's her way or the highway. It's not like that. Even in spirituality, you can't tell Arisha what to do. You can't say and tell Egon what to do. No, my don't work that way. So, but when you hear that someone has passed, a lot of emotions come up. A lot of things go into play. But at the end, 
when I told Didi, I said, just tell her I love her. She said, Ma, she know that. I said, okay. But I'm happy that she's not dead. I am. You know, because that, that weighs on it. I remember reading Ochani Lee's book, Osobo. He's the one that really openly talked about losing a godchild. And it hurts. I have spiritual godchildren. I have godchildren I put beads on. And it hurts when you even have that moment. And I'm forever grateful that I didn't have to go through the whole thing. That it was a misunderstanding. But just to know that that line right there is capable. It makes you think of a lot of different things. You know, what could you have done to make it better? Where could you have, you know, try to see how can you help this human being or this person even more? Because they're in your care, you know? So, yeah, 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 it is, it is a, a, a definite um, different vibe of, of you going through that and, and being, being a part of that. It is, it's different. And, you know, you, you get nervous. You get nervous, you be like, wow, <laughs> wow. Uh, and you, you, you see things in a different perspective. So, it is, it's different, a different vibe, I will say. And I pray that no one has to go through that. Even the idea. And <clears throat> if those that did lose God children, you're in my prayers. Of healing, strength. Be surrounded by love. But I'm grateful for this day. That she's still here. And it was really miscommunication. And <sighs> thank you. And thank you for the community of reaching out, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Because that's that's a hell of a journey to go down. I'm grateful I didn't. Now, for my second story. <laughs> it all goes together. It all goes together. So walk with me here. One day I was leaving the Botanica. And I was over by the E and F and the J train. Well, the E and the J train. Right there on Parsons and Archer. And I saw this dude, and he was trying to talk to me. And he was like, hey, why are you always in white? Right? Because I, I, I used to stay in white majority of the time, working at the Botanica, right? It wasn't a yawo. I was just, white was, you know, something that I really appreciated. So he was like, you a nun or something? I was like, no. So I turned around, and I said, hey, I got a message for you. He said, what? I said, nah, you do with it what you can. I said, you have to be careful of a woman that name starts with a J. Because she's going to put you in jail. Because you're going to do something that you're going to regret for the rest of your life. So be careful. <laughs> the next day, I'm at the Botanica. I was talking to the sister. And something kept on telling me, go downstairs, go downstairs, go downstairs. Now, in my room, I had an altar. I had money all around the altar. I had my iPhone when it first came out. And I had my iPad, right? The iPad was in the chair. The iPhone was on the table. 
The money was all, I'm talking about, I had money on this altar. Money. Right? Right when you walk in over in the corner was the altar. I dedicated to Oshun. I wasn't crowned. I wasn't none of that. But I just had an altar dedicated to Oshun. I had all this money on top of it. And something kept on telling me, go downstairs, go downstairs, go downstairs. But I'm talking to this chick. And she's talking about bullshit. And I didn't. So now the dude that I saw that last night walks past me. And I said, hey. He was like, hey, how you doing? And he walked out. So I said, damn, I know him. I said, hold on, I'll be right back. I went downstairs. I'm looking for my phone. Right? The money's there. The iPhone is gone. My bag is still there. My iPad is still there. Where the fuck is my phone? I said, yo, this nigga stole my phone. She said, who? I said, the nigga that walked past me. So my homeboy Barney came in there. He said, yo, what's up, sis? I said, yo, this nigga stole my phone. And I remembered how he looked. And I remembered him being on in a picture with a good friend of mine, Inf. So I hit Inf up. I said, yo, what's this dude's name? So he told me, busy. I said, yo, he just stole my phone. He said, Joe, now mind you, I said, Joe, I got to go into Sprint. God damn it. I had, to my name, I had $129. So all I had to my name. I didn't want to go to the bank. I definitely didn't want to touch the money on the altar, but I was mad as fuck. So I go into Sprint and I said, listen, this when iPhones first came out. I said, listen, yo, I need a phone. And the lady said, now mind you, the first phone I had had the series on it. She said, I can give you this phone for $63. Um, you put down, uh, you still got to pay a little bit on that phone. I said, well, what do I got to do to do the line and all of that? So they walked me through it. I wound up paying $63. I was still mad, but I wound up paying $63. I went and grabbed eggplants, nine pennies. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. And I stood in front of... Barney was sitting next to me. Well, he was standing there. And I stood in front of that cemetery in, um, on Jamaica Avenue where the 56 stop at. Right there on the side of Wendy's and uh, the nail shop and the church. Because that's where the cemetery is at. And I was praying. I'm telling you, baby, I was praying from my heart. I was praying, praying, praying to the egg on or whoever would listen. I was praying. No lie. And I saw my vision in my head as I was praying. Like, I just spoke to this dude last night. This is my vision. I said, because everybody used to call me Journey, right? And I told him, a woman that's name start with a J is going to arrest you because you're going to do something so stupid. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching me talk to him like I'm standing there. Shit was trippy. And I looked at Barney and I said, Joe, I told this nigga last night he was going to do something stupid. Not knowing that I was talking about me. Barney goes, what's up, Jay? I said, he said, what you talking about, Jay? And I'm like, I told this nigga, somebody named start with a J. And here I am. <laughs> I said, God damn it.
the dude is standing next to Bonnie said, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened. But whoever did something to her, he about ready to reap the rewards. I mean, ready to feel the wrath, right? So I was laughing. I got up. I walked away. Me and Bonnie was chilling. And it was like, yo, he said, mm-mm, mm-mm. He stole the phone. I didn't see Busy until maybe three weeks, almost a month. I stood right in front of him. I said, oh, the pineapple thief. How you doing? He said, yo, you know, I'm going to get you your phone. I, no, you, you're going to go and rob somebody else. And they'll miss out so I can get my phone back. No, but you're going to feel that. I said, you're going to feel that. He said, what? I said, you're going to feel that. He said, man, I could have, dead serious. He said, I could have took the, the iPad and the pocketbook, but something wouldn't let me go around the table. He said, and it wasn't no money in your room. I walked, I walked him right downstairs. I said, where's that? He said, yo, that wasn't there. He said, all I saw was the iPhone. And that's what I snatched. I said, why? He said, because I'm a thief. I said, I understand that. But why? Why would you take from me? He said, I didn't know who room it was. All I saw was an open room. I said, I don't put a lock on the door. I said, now, if you were hungry or something, that's a different story. But you don't look like you're missing a meal. He said, but I couldn't go around the table to grab anything else. He said, you was upstairs talking. Everybody was talking. Nobody was coming down there. He said, I always come down there and steal something. I said, why, though? It's a spiritual store. He said, I don't see it as a spiritual store. I see it as a cash cow. I said, wow. I said, but you're going to pay for that. Trust and believe we're going to pay for that. This is a real conversation I had with this brother, Busy. Be on Jamaica Avenue. He was in a few videos, a rapper. All of that. Three months later, now I then started learning, you know, uh, got my beads. I will say that. Got my beads. I had my godfathers in them, right? And I'm learning. I see Busy again on the train. I looked at him. I said, pineapple thief. He said, because of you, I lost everything. I said, what? He said, that was the stupidest mistake I ever seen. Now, mind you, the vision that I saw that I told him. He said, that was the most stupidest thing I ever did. He said, yo, I, I got kicked out of my grandmother's house. I can't make no money. Niggas is flipping on me. I get high. <laughs> my girl don't want to help me or nothing. He said, so I'm living on this train. He said, you can forgive me? I said, no. No. He said, but I'm sorry. I said, you sorry for me. I said, but you, you knew what it was. You knew you have no respect. When you learn respect, shit have turned around. So busy a few months late after that. I came in the store. Right? Nobody didn't want to help him. They now they know he's the thief. He the pineapple thief. So everybody be watching him. I, I'm not worried about you. You ain't gonna steal from me again. I can leave my bag and everything else. I bet you won't take it. And he wouldn't. He said, I rob everybody else in here, but I, I won't come to you, shorty. Nah, nah. You shouldn't rob nobody. Just, it's not a pre. Oh, I'm scared of her. No, don't rob nobody, nigga. So, <clears throat> he came in. He was drunk. He was like, um, yo, I'm going to kill the dude that's sleeping with my baby moms. I said, and you going to die? He said, what? I said, man, you going to die. I said, listen, sit here. You want some coffee or something? Because he was. He was high. High. Whatever he was taking, he was high. I said, yo, um, 
God got a calling on your life somewhere along the line. I don't know. Maybe they messed up and grabbed the wrong file. Who's to say? This is just what I told them. I said, but if you take a life today, your life will be forever hunted. And people will hunt you down like you a rabbit dog. And you will die most horrible. Not going not gonna to live a beautiful life. I said, but if you walk away, go sleep it off somewhere and get back up and live your life, then there's hope for you. He said, you for real? I said, take your choice. We all have a choice. I didn't see busy no more after that. I I know he ain't dead. That I know. Maybe in prison. Maybe. Because sometimes spirit got to sit you down. You know, I always tell moms, you rather visit them in the prison than visit them and you're talking to a rock. Uh, no, I'd rather visit you in prison. I don't want to visit you in the cemetery. Talk to a rock. No. So, <clears throat> I tell you these stories for a few reasons. One is, you're a priestess. You're a healer. You're a spiritualist. These are real people with real lives. They got real problems. We can't pick and choose and take only the people that, oh, she got money and all she wants is for me to help her find love. No. What about those that have been raped? Those that have stolen from you? Will you still help them? Will you still give them a word of encouragement? Yeah, I curse the shit out of busy. You right. You right. And it sure came to pass. I ain't gonna lie. But I learned a lesson. To have faith in my visions. Because people would tell me I was crazy. People would tell me, oh, you don't get visions. Oh, you, who you, that's so raving? <laughs> I'm having a vision. You know, people would crack jokes on me. I tried to commit suicide. I thought I was crazy. How, why am I seeing shit now it's happening? The craziest vision I ever had was seeing my mother in the casket. And then seeing her for real in the casket. Bugged me out. But people would look at me and say, oh. No, you you crazy. No, I get visions. I, I didn't tell nobody. I didn't want it. I wouldn't touch people. I was living like I was a fucking hermit. All of that. I'm grateful for even the crazy people that came in my life. Because Jose and all of them used to always say, yo, you really get visions, man. Like, yo, stop. You believe in them. And when I don't believe in them and I don't do what happens, look, disobedient like a motherfucker and I had to pay for it. I lost my phone. I, you know, I had to curse someone out. Fighting on the avenue. When two people fight, nobody don't know who's spiritual and who, who's the crazy. Both of y'all are crazy. So that doesn't help. But you can't pick and choose of the people that needs help. You can't pick and choose of, oh, I only want to help this sort of people. No, that's your job. That. If this is what you're signing up for, the sick, the hurt, the abused, the problematic, they all going to come to your door. Now, most people get it twisted. They see the brothers that come that's hurting. Oh, this is my new man. Then he wind up hurting your cuckoo ass because you wasn't supposed to lay with him. You were only supposed to help him and help him find the woman that's supposed to be in his life. Not your cuckoo ass. This is why I tell people you cannot mix business with pleasure. Your fucking toilet is not between your kitchen and your kitchen, not between your refrigerator and your stove. No, but we do it 
Oh, we do it. Oh, he got something for a reason. Yeah, for you to help him, not for you to fuck him. How you doing? Let's talk about that. For the women that come, they're not your woman. They're not supposed to be your fucking uh, cash register. They're not your call girl. They're not your jump off. It doesn't work that way. These people are broken and hurt. I got one rule, right? I got one rule. My guy kids don't fuck each other. And they don't sleep with my children, my real children. And the reason why I made this rule, I tell you no lie. I was at this person's house. And my son and the girl was there. And the girl wanted help. And I really saw a lot of potential in her. But I also saw the brokenness in her. And me and a few other people were talking about her. And they said, yo, Ifa, she'll, she'll, she'll listen to you more. Like you can relate to her more. And, yo, you know, she'll, she'll, she'll prosper more with you because she's broken. And yo, you got, she needs that, that discipline, that part, but that loving hand at the same time. So we all agree, right? Said, okay. I walked in the house and I looked at both of them, my son and the girl. And I said, yo, don't fuck each other. I said, yo, if you fuck her, I can't help her. I cannot mix business with pleasure on every level. My children sometimes seem to think I don't understand that. Or they attest that theory. And I have to show them. Because I cannot do it. I can't do it. Because it will cause animosity. It will cause division. It will cause problems. In my reading, it says that. I can't speak for everybody else, but in mine, because it would be the downfall. So I'm going to always bet on me. I'm going to follow me. I don't know about y'all. So lo and behold, (laughs) this is why you have to stand on your morals and principles. This is why you have to believe in your heart, what it is that you walk with, your readings, all of that. You have to believe in that. Well, lo and behold, my son wind up sleeping with the girl. Couldn't help the girl. When I tell you I feel so bad, but my son got to carry that. This girl has been through so many problems. She has been so fucked up. But when you know, this is my issue. When you know, and you know what the outcome, you already know what's going to happen. You try to kind of, yo, don't don't let it happen. I already see this outcome. Don't let it happen. Some people only got faith when it's convenient. Some people only want to follow the religion because they want to be popular or they have some hidden agenda. The truth always comes out. It don't have to come out your mouth. It comes out your actions on how you see it. I'm not seeking popularity. I know what I got in it. I want to live. But in the process. There's always an exchange of energy. We're going to do this, but this is what you're called to do. And I do it. Do my children and sometimes my family agree? No, not at all. But guess what? I don't do it for them. And sometimes, because Shango, Cabo, Sile, Mefeta, Fun, Shango, every day of my life. He said, your family will make fun of you. Your family will not have the same heart that you have. Your family will make you feel like you are less than nothing. 
but I am here to watch over you. I wanted to cry. It's in my ita. I wanted to cry. I said, wow, you listen. Thank you. And look. So this young lady lost. But I can't help her because it'll be my downfall. How? Because they'll break up. She'll want to do something. Oh, my God, this is your goddaughter. How you do it? So it would, my whole house would crumble. So I couldn't do it. So I'm telling y'all these stories and I'm letting y'all know that it's your real things. And sometimes you have to make decisions, but it has to be, especially if you know the outcome, you have to stand on what you believe in. I don't care. I love my kids. Well, guess what? They're not going to go above my crown. They're not going to go. No, no, no one's doing that. They're not going. My dad already wrote out. Not going against that. No. For what? what? No, no. But I tell y'all this, because as healers, religious people, whatever title you're going to give yourself, every day is not milk and honey. Got to make some real choices. You will lose family and friends. You will lose a lot of people, but then you will get that one email or that one call or that one text. Thank you. Thank you for guiding me. Or because of you, I went and did this. But thank you. Because spirit lets you know. It's bigger than what those little people are going through. This is what we called you for. No, I'm not the great I am. Ain't going to be no tickle-take parade when my ass die. And I screw up every now and then. I'm far from perfect. Don't put me on the Jesus pedestal. But I ain't got no reason to lie to you. And I'm here to let you know my journey. I'm not world-renowned, but I'm here. And if I don't know, we'll learn together. How about that? I don't claim to know everything. But I tell you one thing. My faith, ain't nobody shaking that. Too many, too many things have happened to me that I know is them. From Malofi to Egon to Arisha. To everybody else that walks, they've all been helpful to bring me here to this very day. So I don't complain because my mother told me, Oshun said, don't complain. Because anything you went through, I went through it first. And I survived. And she wasn't lying. Y'all heard the stories. Ah, <sighs> My beloved people, if you don't learn anything else from me, at least learn this. I talk about faith. Y'all are seeing these wars out here. Y'all are seeing this world out here. This is not a spiritual war. Ain't no way in hell. This is mental. People are going crazy with depression. People are taking their lives. People are shooting up people. I mean, women are being sex trafficking, being led in cults. It's mental. You have to get your mental in order. You got to believe and have faith in what walks with you. You got to know that who you are, your worth, what you stand on, your morals, your principles. And not care what people think about you. Because what they eat don't make you shit. No, I don't need to be the most popular. I don't need to be the one with the most likes. I don't need the most following. I'm not trying to find a fucking epic love. Shit. 
I got four kids. I was married twice. God bless the dead on one of them. And baby, I'm grateful for each and every one of them. I'm grateful for it. So I didn't have it. I'm not missing out on nothing at all. The one person I did miss out was me. To enjoy this fucking journey, this life. To enjoy it each and every day. If I don't want to do shit, I won't do it. If I'm going to do it, I'll go do it. If I have something to do, I'm going to make sure I see it through the best of my ability. But what I'm not going to do is put somebody in front of me and give them more power than I have. What I'm not going to do is let someone disturb my peace. If you're not adding to my life, then you damn sure won't be subtracting from it. But it's a mental. The Orisha, the Egon, everybody has left roadmaps for us to see. Now, I don't know who's going to reign next year. But I guarantee you somewhere along the line in next year, Obatala is going to speak heavy. You heard it from me. Because it's mental. It is our head. They are playing with everything and they're allowing us to absorb that. And if you don't stand on your faith, let me tell you how, how much of a mental thing it is. Between Cuba and Haiti, right? People went crazy. Oh, Cuba. Oh, we got to go over there. But when it came to Haiti, and they did all of that to those people, it's not about color. It's your mental. Because they've told everybody so much that Haiti is full of AIDS and dogs and all of this, and it's bad, but it's so beautiful. So no one wanted to reach out. Because they allowed all of that to get in your mental. Women, they're telling you now that you're not protected, that you're not good, that you're not this, and oh my God, and that a man being a woman, no shade. It's better than a real woman. So now you, you, don't, you don't exist. Oh, my God. And they've been playing on that. So now you have these wars out here between trans women and real women. Now they're, they're going to bat with each other. Now everybody's arguing. Now you have the gay community against the straight community. So they're playing on y'all mental. They're feeding y'all what y'all want. But the Arisha, the Egg on all that have already warned y'all about this. They told y'all about this last year. That things will be exposed. That leaders that were high up, you're going to see them for their flaws. Don't put nobody else up and finish what you started. Olokun came to let y'all know all the shit that was dug at the bottom is coming up. But it's also good things if you do it right. Don't allow them to mess with your mental. Oshun came and said, listen, I need y'all to see the full picture. I'm knocking down walls. Bow. See everything. But we're not. We only focus. We got that fucking tunnel vision. It's not a spiritual. This is mental, y'all. But as y'all always say, Ifa Bayo is crazy and, you know, no one listens to her. But y'all better start doing some puzzles. Start watching the fucking uh, Wheel of Fortune or something. Get your mental right. Start reading books. Get your mental back right. Get that right. If you got to go to therapy, great. But deal with that shit. Because if not, all that shit is coming up. Emotional triggers, all of that. Anything you say now, it's, oh my God, you're being canceled, or oh my God, you're 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 triggering me. Oh my God, I grew up playing the fucking dozens. We talked about your dead granny and everybody else, but now you can't do that because it all came up. But it came up for you to heal, not for you to sit here and cancel people and go crazy. No, it's for healing. So, as I always leave, I'm gonna leave you with this gem. I need you to get a bottle of water. Place in it five sticks of cinnamon. Leave the water in there. Pull a little bit out. Five sticks of cinnamon, a pinch of brown sugar, and a cap full of vanilla flavoring. 
We ain't balling it, y'all. These are little bottles you'll put somewhere in each room in a corner. You're going to hold it and you're going to pray. You're going to read Psalms 51 and Psalm 64. And you're going to hold it. You're going to pray. You're going to pray for your house, for your stability, for love, for prosperity, for mental, mental clarity. And you'll wrap these up and you'll place them in each room. And what they are are bottles to give you hope and to make sure your home is protected in these days. Because it's not going to get better just yet. It has to get worse. But remember this. Every storm runs out of rain and the sun will shine. But we still are missing the mark, people. So, yeah, it's going to get a little better. It is. But remember, like I said, and my mama told me, every storm runs out of rain and the sun will shine and we will be not back to what it was. We don't go back to what it was. So stop saying that. But we'll be anew. And those that survive and those that are here and left to tell the story, you'll see a change. And the spiritualists and all of that, a lot of them are going to get their ass handed to them on the platter. Shit, it might even be my ass. Because we all got a price and a debt to pay. As always, y'all, it's been a plum pleasing pleasure. This is Bobby Ann's baby girl saying thank you for listening at the Back Poach Conjure. And catch me tonight on Instagram. I'll make my appearance. Love ya.
Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> Welcome to the Back Poach Conjure. Grab a seat, grab a blanket, chair, copper squat in the grass. Y'all know we got good weather. Always good weather in here in the Back Poach Conjure. Or sit right here on the stoop. Sit right here. Let the legs dangle out. Stoop kind of high. Grab you a juice, morning coffee or tea. Make you a shake. Get a glass of water. We always got to hydrate. Or uh, get you a drink. It's 3 o'clock somewhere. Somewhere it's 3 o'clock. That was Broken Halo. And I share with y'all my life, my experiences, good, bad, or indifferent. We talk about a few things. Try to keep the balance. Try to make sure people are aware. Little education. Little knowledge, little wisdom, lessons from the old folk. I share with you. I make sure you get something, something to help you down the line. You know, back in the day, my mother and them said, here, there's something to put in your bag. <laughs> my friends that weren't from the South thought my mama was going to get the money. You know, when you say, here, there's something for your bag. People think it's money. No, it's a little wisdom <laughs> to help you along the way while you're down there traveling in this beautiful journey we call life. <laughs> so here, there's something for your bag. So I'm giving y'all something for your bag this morning. A lot of things have happened and we tend to, you know, um, overlook the Here's something for your bag lessons. Because we have the answer. Oh, the answer is embedded in us. Les Brown once said, wherever you find yourself, you made an appointment to be there. Problem is, you ain't had no choice. You had to show up. So, here's something for your bag. We have the answer. We have the wisdom. They have handed us something for our bag from the day we came out our mama. Right? And we tend to ignore it because we don't think our bag is secure. We don't think our bag is name brand and designer. We looking over there at Birkins and uh, fucking Gucci and Balenciago, not realizing they shit is counterfeit. <laughs> we born with a real bag. Those are the ones that's counterfeit, the ones we trying to go over and be like, sit around, because maybe they got a shiny button. But our bag is authentic. Our bag was divinely created just for us. But we don't pay attention to that. 
We got to look at everybody else's fucking bag and, and want to switch bags. They take our divinely created bag that's full of knowledge and wisdom and experience and use it. And once they use it, they throw it away. Service is no purpose. Here we sitting with a fucking fake bag and we walking in the room and we like, stuck out our new bag and all we need is one person to say, that shit ain't real. That's, mm-mm, that's counterfeit, child. That, who gave you that bag? Now we mad. We want to go back and try to get our bag back. And the bag is in the garbage. Used up. Now we mad and we angry and we want to be bitter and we want to lash out. Let me ask you a question. Who told you to give your bag away in the first place? When I was in school, you know, the kids used to uh, make lunch. We didn't have that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we didn't have that. Once in the blue, my mom would, but that, nah. <laughs> they feed you in school. <laughs> Eat that. But I would see where kids would, I had a friend named Nadine. Her and uh, Iris would sit next to each other. And it was this kid, right? Christian, God bless the dad, Christian Bailey. He was soft-tempered. So all three of them, they were, they were sitting there. And Christopher Haney, or one of them, would come. Now, they moms, Sean Martin, all these kids, they moms gave them a nice lunch. Sandwiches, maybe they little uh, container with the um, the juice and uh, you know the 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 back then the Drake's cakes those was shit back in the day you know back in the day that was everything and um, they would have their little sandwich their little napkins you know just a a lunch uh, the fruit cups all of that. And I used to, man, I wanted a Josie and the Pussycat lunchbox. Oh, what? I wanted that. Or the Scooby-Doo one, right? I wanted those. My mom would not. She wouldn't. <laughs> let, me, let me just say, she wouldn't. Uh, my pops did down the line. And I didn't even take care of it. I wound up leaving the, the food in there and stuff. So it wasn't. But anyway, that's another story. So Chris would... Get a, go to the store and get a, a bag of lunch. You know, something that your mama might have gave you, a chicken sandwich, something left over to take with you, right? Just in case you don't get the lunch because his ass was bad and he always was wind up in the corner somewhere. So he always, I guess he must have went home and told his mom he was hungry. So she gave him whatever leftover we had. If it was uh, ham hocks and rice or whatever, right? But Chris would... Talk them out of they shit. <laughs> Get a food that they didn't want to eat. He would, his game was so good. And he didn't bully them. He would talk them out of they shit. If it was something, he would make, he would make his shit sound so good. Right? I'm, I'm a kid. I want no fucking ham hocks. <laughs> I want no beans and rice. Yo, I always remember that. And he would talk them out of they shit. He would talk them out of their fruit cups, their, their bologna sandwiches, and, you know, they, they little snack cakes. He would talk them out of it. He would. And they'd be stuck there thinking that they got, you know, 
something better. And kids would laugh and be like, oh, who's eating that? That stink. But Kristen ate his shit already. He done left. <laughs> they sitting there mad, crying. They couldn't beat him up. Mad and crying. So these are lessons I learned years ago when I was a kid. And I would sit there and I remember asking, like, why do y'all trade with him? And he would get them all the time. You would think they learned this lesson. You would think it after the first time, the second, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you, because I'm going to whoop your ass. But they, they didn't get it. And I remember going home and talking to my pops, right? And mind you, we in public school, maybe about second, third grade. And I remember coming home and I remember asking my father, right? Like, how were how they so, well, back then I said dumb, but my father said, no, 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 it's gullible. And I'm like, gullible? Like, how they, how they so dumb? Like, Chris always get them. And they don't tell, they sit there and cry, they have to wait all day to go home and eat, you know, and they just sitting there, their stomachs be hurting or whatever. But you let him get you. He's not bullying you. He's not beating you up. He's not threatening you. He's sitting here giving you a pretty ass story. Hey, <laughs> y'all, here's some fucked up shit. And y'all trade for y'all new stuff. My father explained it like, you know, he, he, he gave me a story. Right? But the lesson of it was that... To them, because Chris was popular. Why would Chris fool them again? Like, and he would he would go to them and be like, man, I'm sorry. I thought y'all liked that. Like, he would soothe them so he can get them again. So every time he would, he would, oh man, don't let them have something good. Oh my goodness. Mm-mm. And he he was the the magic bean buyer. You know, when Jack and the Beanstalk <laughs> went out to the market and the guy just sweet talked him. They call them, they call them, you know, silver tongues or, or that, that honey talk, that sweetness. That's why pimps and stuff can do that. They ain't beating you at first. They not, they, they give you a, a pretty fucking story. Really, at the end of the day, they giving you a beautiful meal. What y'all like? See, I don't eat meat, but I, a steak, baked potato, fully loaded, broccoli, oh, a salad, that garlic bread. Oh, you know, that, that ribeye, that T-bone steak, nice and thick and juicy, soft, you just cut it like butter with a knife, right? Imagine getting a beautiful dish, but they serving it on a garbage leg. I don't want that. Took all the appeal away. But the problem is they don't see the, the lid. They don't see the trash. They just see the dish. Because we want it. We want to be accepted. We want to be. And, I mean, he would get them all the time. All the fucking time. You know when they learned their lesson and stopped giving Chris shit? When they got to the fifth grade. <laughs> when they got to the fifth grade. And he, would, he had a certain set that he would, he would get. Because I remember the first time my pops, my pops had been there and brought me a, a lunchbox. 
And me and Nisi was sitting at the um, table. Here's Christopher Haney. Now, I always thought Christopher Haney was beautiful because he was bow-legged. Like, his legs was broken. Oh, beautiful. I always thought he was beautiful. Right? Just his legs. That was it. And I remember he came over there and he said, yeah, you know, y'all, y'all, I got heroes and stuff. I said, that's good. And he was like, you want your, you want your cake? You want your, uh, Chris, you not getting us. You, you ain't get, Nisi, what you, what you got? Oh, okay. Ooh, girl, that's good. He was like, so y'all ain't gonna give me that? I hate y'all. Y'all ugly. Thank you. Thank you. I still love your legs though, but you be cute. And that was it. Chris knew. Even till this day, when I see Mr. Christopher Haney, I, like still bow-legged. Like he got two uh, fucking uh, comma marks parentheses. <laughs> and he's um, and beautiful, a beautiful individual. But I still know that Chris will give you a beautiful story laid on a garbage leg. Ain't no way in hell. <laughs> But I love him. I love him to death. Love him to death. Beautiful fucking human being. I'm serious. When someone goes, he spoke beautiful at one of our classmates' funeral. Beautiful. I always say Mr. Scarlett. He should have been a reverend. For real. Mr. Scarlett. But anyway, that's not the story of it. We give away our power. We give away our knowledge. We give away our magic. And in hopes of receiving something more better than what we had, we don't value the stuff we have. We don't value it. You know, we don't appreciate it. We take advantage. We, well, for granted, that's what we do. We... Until we don't have it no more. We really do. I noticed that yesterday. You know, you'll have people and you'll say, hey, you know, you got a loving mate. You have a, a beautiful home. I don't like it. Mm-mm. I don't like it. I don't, mm-mm. I want somebody better. You see her husband? No, this is real true shit. Her husband, he he mowed a lawn. Well, your husband paid somebody to mow it. I know, he fucking lazy. The object is to mow the lawn, right? Yeah, it's done. No matter how it got done, it's done. You never have to question him. She has to go and make her husband do it. Your husband pays someone monthly. To do the lawn. Well, her husband, you know, he's always home. He's unemployed. Your husband has his own company. This is what I'm saying. Now, I know some of y'all listening like, oh, she's stupid. If I had it, trust me. We always say that. Oh, my God, if I had it like you. Well, what you got with you? What do you have? Appreciate the shit you have before you look and, and stop making those noises. Appreciate what you have. My husband, I remember my husband, God bless the day. He said, I want you to be a stay-at-home mom. Now, mind you, I always worked. Always worked. And I was like, my second husband. I tried it. For two months, I went crazy. I went batshit crazy. Because I always worked. 
I couldn't, I couldn't phantom me being in the house. I, I would bug out. You know, the only thing that gave me a sense of peace, I tell you no lie, is watching Seven Heaven. Because I would see what the mom would cook and I would make that, <laughs> make a dish like that myself. You know what I'm saying? Seven Heaven. I would watch that goddamn show. That's the only thing that gave me a sense of peace. But I was crazy. I was washing clothes. I was rearranging the house. I mean, and all I did that in a week. Now, I'm home for two months. I couldn't take it no more. I went and got a job at the Waffle House. I couldn't take it. He was like, why are you working? Because I cannot be in the house. Idle hands are the devil's play thing. I would be in all kinds of shit, and I can't do that. I have to, you know, I like my own shit, right? But I remember my good, good girlfriend. She was like, oh, I wish I had a man that would, um have me stay at home. Why? Why? It's the beauty of working. No, no. See, I mean, he's, he's good. Now, mind you, she had a man that brought her a house. I was renting an apartment. I'm not comparing, but I'm like looking at her like, are you fucking crazy? Oh my God. I don't even have to work. I don't even want, I wish he would tell me to stay home. Well, in reality, we could because he took care of all the bills. You could have. Um, he's, you know, you got to be good. No, I don't. I'm going to get me a job. I can't take this shit. Like, no. And I remember sitting down talking to Craig and telling him, listen, I understand you, you know, because that's the home he came from. His mom was a stay-at-home mom and his pops worked. His pops, you know, took care of everything. That's great. That's not me. I got to get out here and work. I got to get out here and make sure I have. I'm not that chick. I appreciate you. You know, and I did. I appreciated him. I appreciate you for wanting that. But that's not me. And you knew that when you met me. So this I can't do. But I appreciate you. And I was out there working. And it was good. Right? Because he turned around. He did. Because when he got hurt on the job, uh, we already had a little money saved. So that that kind of played off. And he realized, like, damn, you know, you're right. Because you have to appreciate. See, I know I'm going all over the place this morning, but it's okay. I want you to appreciate what you have. I want you to, to honor what you have. I want you to love the people that you have in your life that's loving you, that's giving you double the energy you're giving out. Because we don't do that. We don't. We look at the shiny, fake, fucking wooden nickels and in hopes of their shit is better. No. Honor your shit. Honor your stuff. Loving your path. Because I want y'all to be mentally ready. For real. I don't want... Listen... At the end of the day, I don't want the end of my life where they say, hey, did you do what we told you to do on every angle to the best of my ability? I did. When you see a need, did you act on it? The best of my ability. I wasn't perfect. Made a few hiccups here and there, but I did it. I remember... Uh, my homeboy, when he first got his apartment, and mind you, he was homeless. 
living on his baby mama couch and all of that. And he got his apartment. And I said, oh, wow. He was like, yo, you got to come see it. And I said, okay. And it was beautiful. I really did. I loved it. He had a patio and everything, you know. I was like, wow, this is nice. And he went to this girl house and saw her apartment. And just out of the blue, assumed hers was better. He stopped decorating his apartment because at first he was on the road. Like, I, I used to always tell him, I said, for real, no lie, I would go to his house and put sticky notes <laughs> or some shit. And he was like, yeah, what are you doing? Oh, when I get my place, I'm coming to get this. Like, yo, this is hot. You know, he had these wooden, made from a tree. No, oh my God. Made from a tree, an old tree. They were pot hold, you know, plant holders, but big for big plants. And they were made from fallen trees that when they, somebody must have gathered them up when it was a storm or maybe somebody cut down a tree and he took the branches and left the tree skin on it and made it a, uh, a big plant holder so you could sit your plants down in it. Um, he had this wooden carved Buddha, which was really beautiful. He had... Oh, a placemat. Well, you know, a, a bathroom mat, but made from the wood. But it was, it was, you know, sanded down where it won't stick your feet or anything like that. But these things were like really authentic. And I'm like, oh man, and it was one of a kind. And I'm like, yo, this is beautiful. And he was fixing his apartment up. And he met this girl and he went over there and he saw her apartment. Now, mind you, let me go back. He has authentic handmade beautiful shit in his house, right? She got no shade, Walmart shit, Walmart shit. And he was like, yo, her apartment is slamming. I'm looking like, nigga, do you not see your apartment? Like, you got a patio. She don't got no fucking patio. You got uh, authentic fucking furniture, things, big, you know, you can build off of that. It's beautiful. I love your apartment. All of, he, he made sure he went out and brought all the kitchen appliances. With me and my daughter, we was like, yeah, we're going to get this. He had this blender. He had a food processor. Like I'm like, yo, can we cook Thanksgiving dinner over here? And my daughter wound up because his kitchen was fucking amazing. And my daughter, she loves to cook. And he had all of the fucking appliances. But she was making all kinds of shit. Still wasn't happy. He would go over to this chick's house and see her apartment. So one day I asked him, I said, yo, you know, what happened to you? Why your apartment is fully falling and shit? Man, I want to move. I don't like this apartment no more. Like, yo, old girl apartment is slamming. You take all my shit over your authentic shit? Man, you, are you depressed? Are you going through something? Just, are you breaking up with somebody? Like, what's up? Nah, you know, I just like her apartment. Till this day. His apartment is just, you'll go in there and you'll think, nah, Ifa, baby, you lying. This apartment was never like that. And the girl apartment is just regular. And I'm like, nigga, you got parquet floors. Once again, we don't, we don't see our bag. Now, I know somebody gave him something to put in his bag on, down the way. I know it. But he don't see his bag. He see the shiny fake fucking Louis. <laughs> the knockoff. You got authentic. 
he wanted to knock off. And mind you, Popman is cute. So I remember when my daughter moved downstairs. I said, oh, wow, your apartment is nice. She was like, I know, right? I said, yeah, it is. Mine is better. <laughs> what? My apartment is bigger. Mine is better. I appreciate mine. I love mine. I ain't trading it. I'm happy with what I got. I'm ecstatic. And I fix it up the best of my ability to make it comfortable for me. I love plants. I got plants all over the place. To make it comfortable for me. For me. I can go into everybody's apartment and be like, oh my God, this is beautiful. Oh, this is nice. This is good. I still love mine. I ain't going to trade it for nothing in the world. How you doing? <laughs> I love mine. I'm grateful. I still wake up and be like, yes, y'all are beautiful. Good morning, people. How y'all doing? Good morning to the living room. Good morning to the kitchen. Good morning to the bedroom. Good morning to the bathroom. Good morning. And I love you. And I go on about my business. I don't know about y'all. Somebody put something to put my bag down the way. And I appreciate it. Because every so often when I look around, I'm grateful for what I have. And we talk about relationships. Some of us may be single. Some of us may be in a relationship. Some of us may be in an entanglement, as the kids say. Oh, that now nah, we in an entanglement. What the fuck is that? But I don't want to. I ain't getting into that, right? Okay. And some people are just happy with having open relationships and all of that. This ain't about them. This is about the ones that may have a nice partner, someone that looks out for them, that thinks about them, but they never satisfied. They not happy. Somebody gave them a mate to put in their bag. Here, they for you. God gave them to you. Right? But you don't want it. You seeing, like I said, <laughs> he don't cut the grass. I said, uh, she got to beg him to cut it. He ain't getting out there to cut it on his own. And she was like, oh, but he cuts it. I'm like, your husband pays to get it cut. <sighs> He's always home. He unemployed, stupid. For real. That's serious. Your husband has a business. He don't spend no time with me. The time he do spends with you, you got an attitude. Hey, babes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on fire. You know, I took the day off. Let's, let's go do something. Never mind. I don't want to do anything. Huh? You was just complaining that he didn't spend time with you. So now he's here. Now he makes a commitment to be with you Saturday night and all day Sunday. That's not enough. You live in a nice house. Kids are good. You're good. But you don't want that. You want the relationship that your little friend got that's always coming to you complaining how her man don't do shit. But she don't think nobody ever want her. So she stuck with that. Whole new different conversation. But you want a relationship like that because he's always in the house. She's wanting your relationship, a man that takes care of his family and have responsibility. See where this is going? Right? Oh, okay. 
I'm like, why don't y'all switch? <laughs> you take the motherfucker that would take care of his family, and you take that nigga that ain't got no job, that sit there, smoke weed all day, don't do shit. You got to beg him or curse him out or threaten to put him out so he can go live with his mama and them in order for him to do something. And he only going to do it for about two or three days. He ain't going to give you a week. And then he back to it, telling you shut the fuck up. He on the internet. He 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 looking for a job, but it's hard out there. They ain't hiring black men. You know that, that motherfucker. Man, they ain't hiring black men, man. The black man can't come up. Nigga, if you don't go outside and fill out a, a fucking application, you know, back then, it was hard to find a job. Now, jobs are hard to find people. What? Nigga, they hire you on the spot. I ain't working for anybody. Nigga, tell the truth. You don't want a job. You want this girl to finish taking care of you, and she gonna do it. But this story ain't about her. This story is about the one that has a man that owns up to his responsibility. And you're still not satisfied. You're too busy looking at all the other shit. That's an imbalance. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. That's an imbalance. No lie. Now let's talk about women that... If you ha Listen. <clears throat> Let me put a disclaimer here. Entanglements. Situations. Right? Relationships that are just based on sex only. You know what you signed up for, right? You know what you signed up for. Let's let's be honest, right? But now you see your friends in committed relationships. So now you want to change this. Oh, he needs to be in a committed relationship. Why? You knew what you signed up for. He handed that to you and you took that and put it in your bag. Hey, it for you. Okay. I don't want no woman. I don't want no relationship. We just going to screw. All right. Now, you done caught feelings. It's not her fault. I don't victim blame. Don't get it twisted. But you knew what you signed up for. But now you see all your friends with husbands and, you know, committed relationships. They going to take vacations and all of that. So now you're angry. You mad at him because you want now a relationship. I done told you I didn't want one. I told you, I gave you the blueprint. I put that in your bag. You accepted it. Authentic. But now I know, because I want that. So, now you want to bug out. See? <laughs> Own your shit. Now let's go to spirituality. Okay, I want to get initiated. Somebody say, hey, learn what you're getting into. This is good reading material. Put it in your bag while you're walking down this journey. They're here for your bag, you know. Put it in your bag. No, all you see is initiated priests or people that say they're initiated and you want it. Not in understanding the work or the sacrifice and everything they done put in. Mm -mm. That, that's over your head. You missed that. You missed that memo. You don't want that class. You jumped over those. You went straight from being born to going to college. You a newborn, and, and, and you in college. You a newborn. Like, oh, I'm a newborn. Uh-huh. And 
You in college. First of all, who feeding you, who changed you? Because all these people are self-sufficient. They know what needs to be done. They got the instruction. You can't even talk. You can't even walk. You a newborn sitting in the college room on the floor. Because we ain't even going to give you a seat, a, a bassinet, nothing. You on the floor, just laying there. People stepping on you. And if it's a rush and everybody don't look down, they're going to walk all over you. may hurt you. That's how I see it. But we don't want to see that. Because we born spiritual. My spirits. My, I, I hate people like that. Let me just put that out there. For real. I hate people like that. I'm born spiritual. My spirits are so powerful. I don't need that. That's why people don't want to help me. Because I'm so powerful. You batshit crazy. That's what you are. I, I, no, for real. I'm going to call you as I see you. You batshit crazy. I was born spiritual. We all are. Hi, how you doing? Oh, she came in my dream and she said she's my head. Oh, okay. All right. I'm not going to sit here and debate you. God bless you. And they will look and see. Let me tell you a little story, right? That one is a good one. <laughs> when I started out learning how to read cards, my friend Rachel was teaching us, right? And we were all learning. I was amazed by it. I really was. I don't, we talking 27 years ago, right? <laughs> Long time. But I was amazed by it. Every day I would, you know, ask her about a different card. Uh, back then you had this store that was on 71st and Continental in Queens. And it was uh, you know, a spiritual store. Like, they were witches, pagans, and they had tarot cards and everything. And Rach brought me my Rider Waite deck. And we would be in there, because I remember one of the owners' name was Donna. And we would go in there. And they, it was just so beautiful, the incense, the setup, the crystal balls, all of that. Like, I was amazed when Rach first took me in there. Now, Rach is from uh, Columbia, and Rach would, you know, tell people their future and stuff, and she had her tarot cards and things, and I was, I was so amazed. So, as she was teaching us all, hold on, I would call her, I would, I would, you know, tell her, yo, you know, I, I, I like this card, what is this card for? And she used to always say, don't read the book. Don't read the book. Look at it, right? Because how she taught me is how I teach everyone else. But then you had a chick <laughs> that was funny where instead of her learning, right, she wanted to supersede, right? Student can't surpass the teacher. She wanted to supersede, you know, Fuck the cards. I'm going to go to rooms and I'm going to read and I'm going to do this. And Rach do do read rooms. I don't. My baby daughter does. I don't. Um, and she was like, I don't need that. I can do it myself. Because all she saw was the end result of what Rachel was. You know what I'm saying? Rachel was a spiritualist. She still is. She just saw that part. Fuck going to school. Fuck learning. No, because I'm born with this. 
I'm black. It's in me. So she went and did her own thing. She got her ass handed to her on a platter. <laughs> no lie. Ass handed on a platter. Got embarrassed. So you superseded. And I remember when Rach was like, you can go and do like her. And I was like, no, no, no. Shit. I, she's crazy. <laughs> like, nah, I'm, I'm right here. I need to learn. Because guess what? My thought pattern back then were, I'm not going to be around you forever. I need to learn how to be self-sufficient. I, I want to know the history of the card. I want to know, you know, I, I want you to pour your cup in me. I, to be honest, to sum it up, I want you to pour your cup in me, but leave room for growth. Don't, don't overflow it. Leave room for growth. And she said, well, I need you to shuffle the cards and carry a notebook. And I was like, okay, right? Didn't make sense at first. I said, okay. And each time she'll tell me, what do you see? And I described the card. And she'll say, turn it over. Now what do you see? And I described the card. And she was like, write three sentences of what you see on with it upside down and right side up. Okay. You know, and I did that. My book was packed. And she threw my book away. I said, what? She said, throw it away. You don't need it. I thought that was crazy. But I still threw it away. She said, now, start over. What do you see? And stop worrying about the book, all of that. Tell me what you see. Listen to your spirit. Spirit? She was like, who else is giving you these messages? And each time I would learn, right? And I remember going to the person. It was like, yeah, she made me throw my book away. And, um... She was like, the person was like, yeah, that's stupid. That's dumb. That's why, you know, I don't follow her. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been reading cards for 27 years. My son will be 38. I'll be reading for 28 years. I have put up memories of when you see me. People have wrote on the page to say in comments, I remember when you read me at this time. The first person I ever read, ever, was named Gregory. And he found me all those years ago and said, Hey, I remember I was your first reading. You definitely was. Full circle, ladies and gentlemen. Full circle. This person... That jumped the gun, don't read. This person that did all of that, nothing. Went through trials and tribulations. God bless her. I love her to death. Because she just saw, instead of the authentic, because Rach was given to us to put in our bag, the authentic, she wanted the shiny dollar. But it wasn't even real. It was counterfeit. Because she was following everybody else that she assumed was spiritual. And they weren't. They were not. They were reading books. And back then, you just had 
you know, the library or word of mouth. Hence why when I went to, um, when I went to uh, this event and they were talking about card readings and stuff. And I said, you know, back when I was coming up, the gypsies and them would sit outside, you know, at different spots over 171st, down the block from Sizzlers, uh, on that little corner, across the street from the bank. They would sit there in their little chair, you know, decked up, or you would go to their homes, you know, word of mouth. Some of them had little shops here and there, but they were stuck, you know, in corners, the far side of the street or the place. It wasn't out in the open. Now you can go to Central Park. You got card readers everywhere, everywhere, wherever, anything. It could be a church function across the street. There's a card reader. Like, they're everywhere. Back then when I was coming up, it wasn't so open. People see you pull out tarot cards. Oh, my God. You know, oh, you, you worship the devil. Oh, my goodness. That's Satan. Then you have those same women that come. Can you read me? My husband is cheating. My husband is, you know. So, back then it wasn't out like that. But I digress. Putting it in your bag. Spirituality. You're born with authentic gifts. You're born with a set of special skills. And no, this ain't taken. But you're born with that. It's yours. The divine created you just with these. We don't honor the gifts we have. I remember this chick, <laughs> right? Her name is Gwen. She was like, oh, my God, I wish I had your gift. I said, shit, you got a great gift. Like, yo, you can, you know, feel people's energies. But you can see things. You can feel people's energy. You know when people are off, you know. And she was good. Wasn't happy with hers. She wanted everybody else's. I'm like, why? For what? You don't understand. Just like people with power. You can be initiated in 21 Division. Then it's like, that's not enough. I need to go into Palo. I need to go into Lukumi. I need to go into Shay Shay. I need to go. Listen, I know people that got over, no lie, like nine initiations into different things. Satanic, demon, this, that, this. And I'm like, the first one wasn't enough? No, I need power. Because my enemies be trying to tear me down. I can feel it. What enemies? What enemies? Unless you're doing wrong out there. What enemies? Somebody's always out to get me. You know, my ex-husband, his wife. Is, that lady ain't worried about you. Oh, this one is. They not worried about you. Trust me, they not. But when you look in the window... Of somebody else's life. And all you see is the display. Of what they're showing you. I don't want that. I don't know what you did to get it. So I don't want it. I'm happy with what I got. I'm satisfied. Oh but you can't settle. I never said I was settling. 
You still see me progressing. I'm always doing something. My mom used to always say, make your next move your best move. So you always see me doing something. But I don't need to advertise it all the time until it's ready. Or if I'm ready to share it with the world. If I'm not, maybe it's just for a certain set of people. I'm good with that. I don't need to always be out in the limelight. For what? I did that already. I put my time in. I sure did. Y'all may just be meeting me. And thank you. But I've been on this strip, baby, for a long time. A long time. I have. So, I'm good. I'm, I'm not world famous. I'm not world renowned. I'm, I'm not that. But I, I, I put, my, put my bones in. I don't need to look at nobody else's life and envy them or want that. I don't know what the fuck you did to get it. I'm always grateful for what I have. And I remember people would sit and say, oh, spiritual. We still on spiritual. My god sister Diane and them when they were all there, right? And Diane was um <clears throat> Diane was um moving forward. You know, she was getting all her initiations and things like that. And I remember my godmother says, Aren't you hurt? Aren't you mad? Because she's moving ahead of you, like you brought her here. I said, No, I wish her the best. You're not mad? No. She was like, I would be, why? That's her path. That's her. That's where she needs to be. I'm, I, shit, I wish her well. I never looked at nobody's life for real and envied what they had. No, I, that's, that, that's not even a character of mine. Because I remember meeting this girl named Kachita. And this is real story, real shit. I remember meeting this girl named Kachita, right? And she had a husband, two daughters. And you would have thought she had the best fucking life, even homeless, because we all was living in the Colonial Hotel, right? We all had our own little rooms with our own little family, and the people at the bottom, they didn't care. Like, the long as you went down there and paid your rent, and our rent for a week was $1,937. We had two rooms and a bathroom. We had to turn them into little apartments. Colonial Hotel on 161 in Jamaica, in, um, over Jamaica Avenue, Right? And to the outside world, I live right next door to Kachita. To the outside world, Kachita, beautiful body, cooked. Husband name was Poppy, little short dude. Beautiful. Two beautiful daughters. Beautiful. So to the outside world, Kachita had it together. Body and everything. She had it together. Amazing. And I remember Lala, all of them, all the girls on the other side of the building, admired Kachita. Oh, my God. She was everything. Oh, my goodness. I need a man like hers and all that. Not once. And they used to be like, you live next door to her. Wow, wow. Girl. And they would do it because I had Didi and Shaba. They were little, right? They was like about six and seven, right? Because, yeah, well, Didi was in second grade and Shaba was in kindergarten. No, Shaba was in first grade. Didi was in second. Shaba was in first and they thought that those was my kids crying that night. Weren't my kids, right? Because we lived next door to each other. They thought it was me arguing every night. They used to be like, girl, I don't know why you argue every night. I said, I don't be fucking arguing. <laughs> but it wasn't my story to tell, right? 
Conchita Man would whoop her ass. And if my kids was ever on this and listen, they would know. He would beat the shit out of her like it was baby, like it was a rag doll. He would, till this day, Craig, my ex-husband. I never forget that. He um he had Mumi, that was her oldest daughter. And I don't know what he did. Cause I, I wasn't, I was in the, you know, in the, we, our bathroom was a bathroom during the, during the day and in the evening, it was part of the kitchen, right? We would take the shower, put the buckets in there, clean the, clean the kit ditches. Yeah, we were a rough life, but it was a great life. We all loved it. Everybody that was in there, we built a barn. We knew what we was doing. And, um, we, uh. Craig came out and he was like, yo, he had Poppy pinned up on the wall. And I was like, what the fuck you doing? And he was like, yo, I could have sworn he touched Shorty. And I was like, nah, let him go, you know, stop, stop. And Kachita was like, you know, he likes to lay in the bed with her. I was like, what? No, that's not right. Like, no. But that's a whole new different animal to, to tackle. But anyway, I knew her life. But to the outside world, her life was everything that somebody wanted. The perfect man, the perfect. Even though I grew up not embryoing or wanting what no one else had, it was like the world said, this is the reason why you don't envy. This is the reason why you don't discredit your life and what you have and in exchange for someone else's because no one wants to look behind the veil and no one wants to appreciate what they have already. Like I said, these women was amazed with how her relationship was. Not me. I knew he was beating her. I knew that he didn't give a fuck about her. I knew that because she was getting money because we was in the shelter. We, we was getting bank, right? Homeless people back then get bank. So, and you had a family? These are family shelters. So, and you got the best of everything back then. So, she was only there for the money and for her daughter. She would go shopping and feed her kids hot dogs and give him steak. And then her excuse to people is, oh, me and them, they only like hot dogs. I was in there frying that chicken. They came, they were running my goddamn room. And sit there, I would, make, I would always make extra so they could sit there and eat. They ate more at my house than they did hers. But he had steak and stuff. And you would think, as a mother, as a man, like, nah, we gonna cook that too. Mm-mm. She'd make him bacalao. She'd make him all kinds of dishes. Her kids, Franks. I said, them babies hate Franks. And if they are grown, and they still around, and I hope so. I bet you any amount of money, the one thing they ain't going to ever eat is Frank's hot dogs. Because they would take it and just you would see their little face like, and they would walk over to my house, to my room. I live right next door, and I would have their plates ready, and they would sit. I, back then, you had the little blue table with the little red, yellow, and pink chairs, and that's what I had for Didi and Shaba, and Mumi and her little sister had, because I always brought two extra chairs, and they would sit there. And they would eat. And I always, you know, I'm from the South. So they always, whenever you make a meal, you make dessert. 
So they would be there waiting for their dessert and everything. And then once they finished, they'll play with them for a little bit. And they'll go home. Like, okay. And them Franks would be right where Kachita left them on the stair step. Right there. Like, right. And I would go out sometimes and pick it up and throw it in the garbage. They want the fucking Franks. You don't even give us a side, some potato chips, some uh, French fries, salad, something. You just, two hot dogs. Plain, with nothing on it. Oh, that's the only way they eat it. Them fucking kids don't want that. Like, at all. At all. Franks for lunch, breakfast, dinner. Franks, 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 Franks. I don't even like Franks. For real. I don't. I don't. mm -mm. I got to be in the mood, mood, mood. And it better be vegan now. But I don't eat Franks. Like, no. Because I I felt so bad for those kids. But anyway. That's why I didn't. That was living proof for me. To not envy. And to keep what I got in my bag. Because my bag was authentic. Yeah, I was in a shelter. I had my husband. I had my, my kids, my four kids. We moved to the projects and we made it work. He still was working. I was in the shelter. He, w- he was just there. But he worked. He worked at Jib Lanes and he was doing security. So I always kept some cash and they would send my kids and us on the best trips in the world. So, you know, what I want to end this with, keep your bag. Be authentic. Love what the shit you have. Whether it's fucked up or not fucked up. Love what you got. Own it. Appreciate it. Be grateful for it every fucking day. I'm telling y'all. Build faith in what you have. I can't stress this enough. Own your shit. I'm tired of talking to people. I'm not sure. I don't. No. I need you to be beyond sure if you know that you know that you know that you know. Christian's been saying it forever. I need you to own your shit. Be happy. Be grateful. Celebrate you. Celebrate the shit you have. If you live in a fucking one room, celebrate it. If you live in a shelter, celebrate it. If you live in a fucking mansion, celebrate it. Don't envy those motherfuckers that you think is beautiful or you think they got it because they miserable behind those closed doors. Miserable. Nobody's posting their failures. Nobody's posting their hardship. They only want you to see the fucking shiny decorations. I don't want that. I told you, everybody want a piece of the pie. Fuck the pie. I want the recipe. I need to learn how to make my own. And with that, let me give you a jewel. Let me give you a jewel. My mother and them would put up masks. And I might have shared this before, but I'm going to share it again. Because some of y'all seem to fucking got blinders on. Some of y'all seem to think that y'all done forgot who the fuck y'all are. But I'm here to let you know you the shit. You are it. You are everything. You are divinely created. Walk like you got a thousand and something eggs walking with you and they ready. And half of them got that face on them saying, I wish a nigga would. Hey, let's talk about it. My mother and I would have masks in the house. Regular little mask. And people used to sit and say, well, why your mother have a mask? I said, because they always want to see people's true faces. They don't need to see two. So real quick, I want you to take that mask, go to the 99 cent store. I don't care where you go. You can go get a beautiful, authentic mask. You can get a regular mask, just a mask. Hold it in your left hand. Pour a little bit of almond oil, olive oil in your hand. And hold that mask in your left hand and take your right hand and go across the mask slightly with the oil to give it a little shine. And say, I would want to see true faces of anyone 
that comes across my path. Because now that gives out everybody. I only need to see one. Seal this deal. I say, amen, so more to be. I don't care how you end it. And you take that mask for three days and you wrap, wrap it up in a white cloth, white towel, white t-shirt, something white. And you put it in the closet. And then on the third day, you bring it out. You can put it on your wall. You can put it on your counter. You can put it on your egg on altar. You can put it anywhere. And as you walk around this goddamn earth, you'll see people as they are. Not as what you think or what they imagine. You'll see them just as they are. And you'll thank me for the rest of your life. So this is something to put in your bag while you're going on this journey. I love you. There will not be a conversation with E5B Bayo yet because I'll be down in New York. And I love y'all. And I need y'all to build faith in yourself. It's not a spiritual war. It's a mental.